Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. What an absolute honor to get to interview one of our best friends. Catherine Gordon, first and foremost, has become a really close friend of my wife, AJ Vaden, of course, our CEO, my business partner. They have quickly become close friends. I have been close friends with her husband, John Gordon, for years and Catherine is extraordinary. So she is a mother. She's a businesswoman. She's a movie producer. She's the best-selling author of a book called Relationship Grit. And she's the host of a podcast called Catherine for Real Podcast. And she won AJ over just kind of with like a spirit of honesty and authenticity and transparency. And it just makes me so, so happy. And so John has been a mentor of mine for years. Obviously, him and Catherine have been together for a very long time. They've built this whole business where they built John's personal brand. They built an amazing family. And then they launched the book together. And now Catherine has been really developing her own personal brand here recently. And so we just want to hear about that journey. And basically, I thought I could get some free relationship and marriage advice from Catherine Gordon to better understand my wife. And so anyways, Catherine, welcome to the show. Oh, Rory, thank you so much for having me. I love AJ. It's been an honor just to work with her recently, trying to help me figure out my brand. But I love her as a human being. She is so authentic and so real. And I just, you guys are both awesome. And John, of course, thinks the world of you. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thank you. So one of the things that doesn't happen that often is finding entrepreneur couples where they both work in the business, like both inside of personal branding, where they both have personal brands. And I think, you know, that's something that we have done and there's a few others. Sometimes they'll work together and one person has more of the personal brand and the other person is more like kind of behind the scenes. But you and John both have these external facing, these great personal brands. You wrote the book together. And so I thought we would start with the book. So Relationship Grit comes out. It's a bestseller. You guys did this. So Tell me about that book. Why did you write that book? And let's kind of start with what that's all about. All right. So, you know, it's funny because you were talking about couples having their own personal brand. And early on when John was just starting, well, we actually started with a franchise called Mo's Southwest Grill. and We brought it down to Florida and we worked side by side. John was in the restaurant doing his thing and I would be at home waiting for the kids to get off the bus but also doing the bookkeeping and payroll. And, you know, John would come home. I was trying to book him to speak while we were running this restaurant because he really wanted to, you know, get out there and start speaking. And he would come home after I had done like 45 things and he would ask me if I had done the 46th thing. So I wanted to kill him. 
So it wasn't always that we did this together. Okay. It was so funny because, you know, one night after he'd done this, he actually, you know, wanted to be my husband, like wanted to be intimate. I'm like, I don't even like you. And he said, I think I might need to fire you. I think you, and I thought that's a good idea. So, you know, we kind of rode this wave and and John rose up in the speaking. And then once I had raised our children, we had raised our children, I started to run into women at the grocery store or, you know, at the shopping mall and they would just open up to me and complain or pine or tell me, you know, things that were going on in their own marriage. And several of them were were headed for divorce. And the more I started talking to them, the more I realized I started to see a pattern. It was really simple things because the one question I seemed to always ask when these women would tell me what was going on was, have you shared that with him? Did you communicate with him? And nine times out of 10, no. And so I was really shocked to find that so many couples are married, but they don't communicate. So I went home to John and the more I started talking about this, I said, I really feel like we need to write a book because our book is not a book about, oh my gosh, look at us. Our marriage is so great. Look what we did. Here's all the great things about our marriage. Our book is about here is what we went through. We went through the trenches. I mean, we went through some really, really hard times. I was very, very sick early on. There was some infidelity. There's been some substance abuse. I mean, we've really ran the gamut. And so I really felt like if we could make it, anybody could. And so I wanted to write this book to try and save marriages. And so in the book, the way we wrote it, and even the way we wrote it's very symbiotic of our relationship. I would sit down and write a chapter and get up. John would sit down, edit what I wrote, and then write his own and vice versa. And I'd edit him and he'd edit me. But it was a back and forth. Our book is a back and forth. It's Catherine said, and it's John said. And so that was the reason we wanted to write this book. And it was, I think, no coincidence that it ended up coming out right before the pandemic. Because I have to tell you, there were times during the pandemic, John Gordon was home 24 hours. <laughs> now listen, Rory. After the, years of being yes, gone. Rory, the year before he had done 85 speaking engagements on the road. All of a sudden he was like literally with me nonstop. So definitely there were times we had to open up the book and take some of our own advice. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So that's powerful. Like it's amazing how easy it is to live together with someone and not communicate. Like you talk, but so much of it is just like this survival mode, right? Of going, oh my gosh, like you've got, you know, the kids, you've got the laundry, you've got stuff breaking with the house, you've got haircuts, buying clothes, groceries, dry cleaning, you know, like just getting your own personal care, the children, schools, travel, Christmas presents, birthday presents. Like you have all this massive, never ending pile of just overwhelming stuff, which is before you even touch a business, like before you even touch you know, like work, there's all this other work 
And then you have the money and like, okay, how are we paying the bills? And what are we doing for retirement? And how are we saving for the kids? This, and we're going on vacation. We need a new car and da, 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 da. And then it's like, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want to think, I can't think. Like, I don't have anything left. And so you go, by the time the kids go to sleep and everything is quiet and you've eaten dinner and you've cleaned up and it's like, you got nothing left. So is that kind of what y'all were going through? Because I'm not describing my life. I'm describing other people's lives, but I've heard that other people have this scenario. Well, Rory, you just described our life. I mean, yes, it was hard. And so what I tell couples, because I actually hear exactly what you just said all the time. We all, I think, struggle with that to one degree or another. I think at the end of the day, you need to realize that you're a team and it's we, not me. One of the things that we found that was really helpful for us is going the extra mile. It's that little thing. And trust me, John would come in. He had been traveling nonstop. I wanted to pounce on him to rather share, you know, a good or bad situation with one of our kids. So I had to figure out, you know what? I need to give John this buffer zone. And so we need to give each other buffer zones. And then after that, really, even though what you really want to do is look after yourself, Try to give a little bit of time, whatever it is, you know, go out and help your wife unload the groceries. Just really try to give, even though you feel like you're about, you know, you've reached your limit. What we started to find, John's word one year was, oh my gosh, I got to make sure I say it right. It was serve. And it was the best year of my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best year of my life, no matter what. And I didn't abuse it, but I'm going to tell you. So that year was a hard year with our kids. They were both in elite sports. I was running from one small town, standard hotels, but I would walk in the door and I would need help unloading the groceries or picking up lunch meat, whatever it was. And that's the last thing John wanted to do, but he did it. And I got to tell you, by the end of that year, and it wasn't just him giving, of course, it was me and, you know, whatever we needed at the time. That year of serving was an absolute game changer for our marriage. Because I think so many times it's like we're drowning and who's more important? Well, wait a minute. John was out making the money money because I was home raising the children, but I'm raising champions for our future. You know, it was this struggle. So we really had to come from the mindset of we're a team. It's we before me. Yeah. It's also shockingly scary how quickly you can turn against each other because it's like the world is coming at you. And at some point you just are like so exhausted, so overwhelmed that you just kind of feel like everybody's after you and anything that stands in your way. It's like, you just don't have any space for it. And I, you know, people, they turn, you mentioned the communication part. I want to go back to that a little bit. What is it that you think spouses aren't communicating with each other and short of being tired and exhausted, why aren't they communicating that thing? I think it's different things. They're not communicating, but just in general, just say, let me give you an example. Well, I'm trying to think a girlfriend the other day was just saying something. She's home. She's taking care of the kids. So she's not out in the world, right? Her husband, he's got a lot of business meetings. He's got a lot of dinners after work. And 
she would fight with him every time, you know, he came in the door. And what it really ended up being was that she was feeling jealous, right? She was feeling insignificant or insecure. And I asked her, I said, have you just shared that with him? You know, just really just said, Hey, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not out getting dressed up all the time. I'm, you know, you're out with, you know, share what you're feeling, be vulnerable. A lot of times I think because of what you said before, because we're in this, you know, we're both like fighting to get our stuff done and get our needs met. You shut that part of your vulnerability down because, you know, you don't want it to be used as a weapon. So if you can kind of flip that, and start to really share what's on your mind and communicate that. And along with that, I think it's really important to know when to communicate. Mm. Let me tell you, I have figured out through an unfortunate repeated occurrence of doing this at the wrong time. I know one time you should not communicate. You should not give feedback to your spouse in response to them giving feedback to you. <laughs> that is something that I did wrong for so long. Whereas like, hey, I need you to be better at blah, 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 blah. And, I, and then go, well, what I need you to do is like, no bueno, like doesn't work out super well. I think that's one of my biggest issues is like a defensiveness and just automatically responding, you know, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, me, but what about you? A hundred percent. It's funny you say that. John Gordon used to do the same thing. And with us, it used to be really more related to the kids also, you know, where, you know, he'd say, well, you really need to be doing this or, you know, and I'd say, well, you need to be doing this. Yeah, that doesn't serve anybody. So you're right. It's about knowing when to communicate that. And, you know, John would walk in the door. He'd been traveling like crazy. I, of course, had been, you know, home dealing with the kids And I, like I said before, I would sometimes want to just jump. And what I finally realized is he needs to go unwind, maybe eat something. And then when we would take a walk, we would take a walk and it would all come out. And I mean, sometimes we'd fight, you know, we'd fight on the walk, but by the end of the walk, I used to say, you have to walk it out to talk it out. Because for us, that seemed to be a really great time for us to communicate. And that's not always easy when you have little kids. And I remember that. I mean, when the kids were young, you know, you're kind of stuck in the house. And so it's about finding that time, that sweet spot, and the way to communicate. Hi, it's AJ Vaden. And thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. I want to ask you about the little kids, right? So Jasper just turned five, our oldest. And then Liam is uh, just a couple months here away from being three. And I was having this conversation with a friend because I'm like, these last few years with kids have been some of the most beautiful and fun and joyous. And also for me personally, probably the most difficult years that I've ever had 
And I was telling them like, not only is it kids, we also are in year four of a startup. And we already did this once before. Like we already went through the pains of a startup once and we're having to do it again. And then it's like in the middle of COVID and like with the kids specifically, like in my mind, I have a little bit of a proof of concept with COVID because, you know, we were building our first business. We started in 2006, but sort of the height of it really happened around 2008, 2010. And that was right in the middle of the GEC, the global economic crisis, like the mortgage, you know, all of the mortgages collapsed and all that stuff. And, you know, it was like, that was a a hard season, but we came out of it. We came out of it really strong. We've also had the startup thing before with children. People say it gets easier over time. So like, I know that it gets easier with the business, like a little bit, but if someone has young kids right now, is that really true? I mean, like, do you really think hey, those early years are different or is it always kind of just, this is just the new normal? So first off, I'm going to tell you what I tell all parents that have young children like yours. You're in it to win it. Like if you can get through this phase as a partnership and as a team, you're going to be okay. Because these are the hardest times. Yes, it does get easier. It gets easier in the way of time or in the way of being able to have a little bit more, you know, focus for yourself. Now I will say the line, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems is true. You know, my problems with my- I've not heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah, it's different. You know, I mean, once the kids get to the age where you're not worried about babysitters, you're, you know, it does get easier in that way. Gosh, especially when they start driving. Of course, that's a whole other fear, right? So these are the hardest times. Yeah. And this is, I'm telling you, find ways to communicate. You know, in my book, Relationship Grit, there's an action plan that you can take, you can use. And there's so many good things in there on how to strengthen your relationship during this time. And some of them are very basic, like asking AJ, AJ, on a scale of one to 10, how well do I communicate? And then what would make it a 10? Simple, simple things. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes you'll be surprised the answers that you get. So that might be a good thing to do. And I can offer that to your listeners. Maybe if you can put it in the show notes, it's relationshipgritbook.com. And there's an action plan in there. I just texted her that question. So I'm going to see what she said. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was typing. So I was like, I'm going to text this to her right now. But I'll tell you. Yep. Relation. Sorry. Relationship grit. Relationship grit book. Book.com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. We'll I'll put have it, to we'll... make sure and ask Daniel if it's backslash action plan, but yeah, Daniel Decker, didn't you meet Daniel Decker at Moe's? Isn't that how you guys met back to Mo- that was, Moe's? Can you believe this was so long ago? I mean, this was 21 years ago that these guys have been together ride in this energy bus wave that they've done. Yeah, I think so. I think he brought his kids in for uh kitty, the clown night <laughs> Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I love that. Shout out to Daniel Decker. I'm, we've been working closely together on Ed by Let's Book Launch. So I've gotten to know him a lot more here recently. But okay, so you got to find ways to communicate. So this is the hardest times, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. That makes sense. When does it start to turn? Like when you say that, like with kids, hey, these are the, the hardest times. Like, because I think what makes it so hard is like, 
I never knew how self-centered I was until I had kids. Like even when we got married, I realized, oh, like I've never had to worry about anyone else but me. But when we had kids, it went to a whole nother level where it's like, I don't get to sleep. I don't get to eat. I don't get to go to the bathroom alone. Like I don't get to read a book on the weekend. I don't get to lay on the beach. Like the beach is not a relaxing experience whatsoever with children. Like it is the weekends. I'm more physically exhausted on the weekends than I am during the week. And also the battle of, you know, having toddlers and like just trying to communicate with them. So at some point that starts to turn. And that's encouraging to me to hear you say like, look, these are the toughest times. If you can get through this as a team, like you'll make it through anything. I kind of feel like that's happened with Jasper at like four or five years old. It kind of feels like it's starting to turn the corner a bit. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you when they were little, woo. I'll never forget a life-changing moment for me was the day I was able to sit at the beach in a chair and not have to run after the kids in the water. You know, there were little milestones where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can actually sit here. So yes, it just continually, continually will improve. But like I said, you know, then you'll start doing if they're in sports, it's who's going to drive them. And the other thing I want to say, Rory, is, you know, you're two professionals. So you and AJ are both, you know, you're running this company. And I have found, I'm going to say this for the women in general, and I understand why, but a lot more does fall on the mom. It does. does. Even though John was very involved with the kids in a lot of ways, ultimately it's mom. And so it's about having that grace for mom. And I always tell this story too. I think it's really important to compliment, you know, your spouse and just lift them up. So I tell this story that one year when we were really in it, like I say, it was very stressful. John was traveling all the time. Both the kids were in elite sports and I was traveling all over the place. My kids and I have celiac disease, so we can't just go to a drive-thru in McDonald's and eat. I had to prepare. All all of you have celiac disease? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So it was really hard. And I will never forget one day, John coming in and he was getting ready to head out, you know, on another flight. And he had this suit on. He was all clean. He looked so handsome. And Rory, my hair was disheveled. I'm, you know, trying to get the kids lunches. And I looked over at him and I wanted to cut him down so bad, but I didn't. Right then I realized it's because I felt bad about myself, but I just thought, you know what? I turned, I looked at him. I said, you look so handsome in that suit and just complimented his face just lit up. And I made a decision from that point on that I was going to compliment him and lift him up at most when I was feeling the lowest and just do this little test for myself. And I got to tell you, it really changed things for me. And so now I always tell couples compliment each other, you know, even though you probably want to kill them, compliment them. You'll be surprised how it changes the energy and the dynamic in your relationship together. Yeah. So Rory, you got to stick it out. It's hard during these times. So like I said, one of the things is when they get out of diapers, that's a big one. Is Jasper out of diapers? Is Jasper your youngest? Liam is our youngest and he is out of diapers. Right now we happen to be in overnight potty training. So we are waking up in the middle of, so during the day, like it's mostly he's good. 
but we have to get up in the middle of the night to take him to the bathroom and sometimes, you know, change the sheets and all that stuff. But mostly if we wake up in the middle of the night, he's fine. So like we're getting closer to that. The other thing is like we went to a hockey game the other night and we got to watch like two thirds of the game before they started going crazy and running around the hallways. But it was like, oh, we can almost watch a whole movie. We can almost watch a whole game. But, you know, I want to ask you this, Catherine, you mentioned the grace part because, yeah, it's been hard on me. I can't even imagine how much more difficult it is for AJ. I mean, she's the CEO of our company. She's working with clients. She's speaking. She's trying to do her personal brand. She's doing the hiring. She's managing the finances. She's training the team. She's creating the operational processes. She's like developing our leaders. She's got to deal with me being gone, traveling here and there and to and fro. She's got the kids. And then she's got all the mom stuff on top of it. Like which school are they going to? And Who's the nanny and the baby care, care. all of these things. Right. And, you know, and unfortunately, like one of my biggest weaknesses, like I'm worthless in the kitchen. Like I have never realized how important it is for a man to learn how to cook. Like if I could go back in my life and go, there's one skill I wish I would have learned that would have made me a better husband. That's a tactical skills. Like I'm worthless in the kitchen. Right. So, and food is such a problem. Like it's a massive project. So anyways, I say all that to say this, you mentioned, you know, give mom grace. What can us husbands do better to support our wives? Like, yes, we're running and gunning, but there is an unfairness to this that I see, right? Even in, as you described, John is like, yes, it's hard to be on the road, right? It is difficult. It is not easy to perform at that level in the business, but you also get a lot of applause and a lot of praise. And, you know, when you're in a hotel room, you sleep through the night, right? It's not, I can't tell you how many times I would be on the phone at night and, you know, complaining, dumping on John. And then I'd say, let me guess, you've got the TV on and you can watch whatever you want right now. Right. I mean, it was hard. How do we support our wives better in that season? I think exactly by what you just said, supporting your wives, meaning saying exactly the things that you're saying to me right now and acknowledging to AJ, AJ, I know this is hard for you. You know, I know and acknowledging sometimes, and I'm, I can share this about John and I, John would almost want to play it down because he was almost afraid if he really acknowledged how hard it was that it was going to somehow change what he was doing. Does that make sense? Until he realized by actually acknowledging how hard it was for me and asking me, how can I support you? It really helped us. And then it didn't make me look over at him with such, you know, resentment. I felt acknowledged. I felt appreciated, right? And then at the end of the day, I had to say to myself, of course, I love my kids. This is what I want to do for my kids. So it kind of changed. You know, it's the thing that John always says, like, it's the get to versus the have to. But it's the same thing. You know, it kind of changed my paradigm to say, I get to do this. But let me tell you, when you're getting beaten down, you know, as I think moms do more than, but I hear what you're saying when you say, Rory, I mean, it's hard for both of you, but yeah, I think you need to support her number one by just acknowledging that it is hard and that you see her. And it's like the dads, at least from what I can tell her, let me just speak for myself. We get beat down too. The difference is we get a break in between the action. Like 
mom gets no break. It is nonstop. Even in the middle of the night, even if the kids are fine, she's still waking up worrying about them and like getting up and having to like deal with stuff like the laundry, what they're going to wear, like whatever, having a fit. You know, I think, you know, that is helpful about just going, hey, acknowledge what I hear you saying is just going like acknowledge that it's difficult because it's not so much that she wants you to do it. She just wants someone to see that she's doing it. Yeah, it's not going to change. That workload is not going to change. I mean, yes, you can hire different things, but ultimately it is mom. I mean, it is mom is going to figure it all out, but it's really about acknowledging how hard it is. And then how can I support you? Now, I'm going to tell you, I encourage couples, if you do have a hard time communicating, if you are hitting a brick wall in some area, there's nothing wrong with getting some outside help. Sometimes it does take somebody outside of the relationship to coach and get you all to a place of where, you know, you're operating smoothly. Because sometimes, you know, maybe you are so beaten down or, you know, you're not able to hear it. You're too defensive, right? You've got to the point where you're, you're too defensive. So in that case, you know, I highly recommend some coaching or some therapy. Yeah, John and I've had to do it. I mean, early on, you know, because I I get to what we're, well, I don't really believe that. Well, I think we need to ask someone else. So, you know, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's super helpful to, for people just almost as a permission thing to be like, hey, it doesn't mean you're failing or that you've screwed up or that there's something wrong with you to get outside help. I also love what Jack Canfield says, where he says, if you do it before there's an explosion, it's called coaching. If you do it after there's an explosion, it's called therapy, but they're the same thing. And if you, you know, you probably want to catch it on the front end as much as you can to avoid the big explosion. Catherine, this has been so helpful. I have one last question I want to ask you. Before that, again, where should people go to find you and connect up with what you're doing and like all of the stuff that you're working on in your personal brand these days? Well, and I also have a podcast called Catherine for Real, and you can hear that on Spotify or Apple. And my podcast is basically me interviewing people and I'm getting real. And AJ, your wonderful wife, has really helped me to clarify more of what I want to give and the type of people I want to interview going forward. So check that out, Catherine for Real. And you can reach me at catherineforreal.com. That's my website. And on the website, you can access my podcast. You can find me on Instagram through there at Catherine Gordon. You can email me to reach out and there's a link to order my book. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not just saying this because I wrote the book. I promise you read my book. It's a quick, easy read, you know, follow the tips in the back. John and I both give 11 tips each on ways to improve your marriage and do the action plan. I get so many testimonials all the time from people to tell me it it saved their marriage. So I'm not just saying that. I really believe it. If you can check that out and read the book, I think it will help. So Rory, I'm going to be, I'm going to be questioning you. I want you to know that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So we'll put links up to catherineforreal.com, the Relationship Grit book, the Catherine For Real podcast. We'll link all that in the show notes for y'all. Last question for you, Catherine. You know, like I think of my mom who was a single mom, which is insane. I mean, she had two of us that were five years of two boys, five years apart. And how many times she must have felt 
unseen and like having to, you know, forego her personal dreams and visions and freedom and relaxation. And now watching AJ do that as a mother, hearing your story, like I just, I have a heartbreak for women who are doing so much and feeling so unseen. So if there is a woman out there listening right now who's in that season where she is like doing so much and feeling so unseen, what would you say to her? Well, first I'd say pray, right? I really feel like my prayers and my connection with God has helped me a lot in trying to kind of pulls me out of myself and gives me some perspective. But the other thing I'm going to say is, is nothing is forever and nothing is permanent and remembering your why, you know, at the end of the day with my kids, when I would, you know, I was running them around and, you know, they're playing all these sports and I would, you know, sometimes get resentful. I started to realize like, you know what? I didn't grow up. I had two alcoholic parents that had no interest in anything I was doing. And this was something I wanted to give back to my kids. And so I need to be doing that with love and knowing that one day they're going to grow up and one day I won't have to do that. And so nothing's permanent. Remember your why and pray. I love it. Catherine Gordon, my friends, you see why we love her so much and make sure you follow her online and uh, go check out her website and everything. Catherine, thank you so much. We wish you all the best. We're praying for you and John and we're excited. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Rory. Thanks for having me. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 